I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. And with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, are you up? Basketball! Whack! It's back, baby! And the Thunder played a game last night against a horrific Mavs team. No, leave that out of it. Don't say that. They're 1-0. If the playoffs started today, yeah, exactly. We'd have home court advantage. We would. That's true. Where do we rank in the West in the preseason? Uh, number one right now, tied for first. That's right. Uh, some crazy stuff. I mean, obviously, the, the number one thing is Steven Adams took a three and then made it in the first play of the game. I mean, what did you... How did you react when that happened? Uh, I mean, it was a great play. Did not see it coming. <laughs> um, they did not go back to it ever again. No. And my impression from listening to Billy afterwards was that they are going to have to force Stephen Adams to do some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were force feeding him in that first quarter, uh-huh. giving him so many post ups, any shot he wanted. And uh, and he wasn't reluctant or anything, but they they really had to like set up the game plan for that. Um, so it was awesome to see him shoot a three and look pretty good doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looked looked nice. It did. My first thought was, who's that long haired guy, like shooting it in the corner? I just like couldn't believe it. I and what? we've been <laughs> and we've been talking about it for years, right? Like we've been yeah. talking about the possibility. Oh, we think he's going to shoot threes. He shoots them in practice, you know. And you've been saying it, and you figured, man, this would probably be another year where we think, you know, eventually Stephen's going to take threes. Uh, and now we're here, and he was awesome last night. He had 17 points on eight shots. Uh, he was six of nine from the free throw line, three boards, three assists. He was very, very good on the offensive end, he, and he's going to be, always be good on the defensive end too. Uh, but if he can, if they can actually get him to take, you know, one and a half corner threes a game in the regular season, because he only played twenty one minutes last night, and and maybe right. they set up another one of those had he played, you know, thirty plus. Man, he looked good. He was he was impressive, and they are going to have to force him. That's just not in his nature to be a guy that's going to score a lot. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about his stats all that much. He cares about winning games. And like right now, I think they kind of need him to be a guy that can go to to win games. Yeah, and I forget Donovan's exact quote, but it was something like they asked him about you know his his shots or whatever, and he's like, yeah, he's really good around the basket. He's going to get need to get used to taking more of those. Um, yeah. His free throw attempt. So last season, he only went over. He only shot more than nine free throws two times. <laughs> his, uh, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Skype's making weird beeping noises. Oh no, 
on my end. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't hear them. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, anyways, I was looking at his stats from last year. He only shot more than nine free throws two times. So he's going to get so many more opportunities. Of course, all those games he was playing like 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's going to get so many more opportunities. I mean, I was thinking about the fantasy impact, you know? Yeah. Steven Adams. I mean, if you're not following the Thunder, I bet people aren't really thinking about Steven Adams. But And he didn't even have a huge rebounding game last night, but I expect we're going to see a ton of like big rebound numbers this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, he He was great. And... I'm a little reluctant to believe that the six of nine from the free throw line is going to be a trend. Like I just need to see it for a while because uh, he was just so bad down the stretch from the free throw line. I need to look up his splits, but it was he was embarrassingly bad from the free throw line toward the end of the season. Is that something we've heard he's been working on? I mean, I guess they all work on it all the time, but. I mean, I remember one of my first media days, I asked him what he was working on, and he said free throws. Oh, really? You know, I mean, like he's been saying that for, for a long time, that free throws is something that he wants to be good at, and he's been working on. And and when you in-game, it's just, it's just different. And this is preseason, too, in Tulsa. So, I mean, like, I just, you have, like, we know that you can't take a ton from this. Like, we know that, but. Yeah, he was 35% from the line post-All-Star break. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. He was 26 of 74 from the free throw line. He was, and he was only 55% pre-All-Star break. So it's not like he was awesome. But yeah, 35%. He was really bad uh, post-All-Star break. So I just want to temper my expectations when it comes to the free throw line. When it comes to everything else, uh, he was impressive. And I want to see him shoot more threes. Steven even said it after the game. You know, like, I've got to, you know, take and miss 20 of those before I have, like, a real feel for it. Right. Uh, so, uh, interesting and really cool. Because I'm, and that's kind of like that whole game, like, most preseason games, I'm just not really engaged, don't really care a whole lot. This game. I was engaged from the beginning through the end just because there's so many guys on this team that are interesting. And Steven's interesting because he's got these this new wrinkle and they're trying to go to him. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you're wanting to watch Gallinari. You're wanting to watch um, Chris Paul to an extent in a Thunder uniform. Uh, we haven't mentioned that they started the three-point guard lineup, which I'm sure everybody was pretty jacked about. I know you. You asked me what I thought about that first Stephen Adams three, and I'm remembering now that I actually thought the Thunder were in blue on that first possession, oh. <laughs> and so I was trying to pick out the new players, and I actually thought on my grainy screen that I had identified Nader, who oh. was actually Maxi Kleba, <laughs> and that was the only one. I was like, "Who are these other guys? I can't figure this out." And by that time, Adams had hit the three, so I actually missed that because I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah uh, yeah we start with a three guard lineup honestly the the most when you talk about how you can't really take away things from preseason the things that i do think are the most interesting are the rotations Mm -hmm. and who who plays and who plays when yeah so the fact that he went with uh dennis over ferg in the starting lineup Mm -hmm. with robertson out robertson full go robertson a full yeah that's uh that doesn't look too great Right now, a full go. Yeah, we'll see if he plays Thursday. Bummer. But 
Yeah. And I don't know if this was just a preseason thing. Hey, I wanted to see how this lineup works. I know I'm not going to play CP3 the whole game. Might as well do it now kind of thing. Or if he really would start all three guards. I mean, it worked out fine. They were fine offensively. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would I, guess I this would, is not a, a thing. That well, would, good. That would be. I, I'd rather see Ferg earlier. That would be my guess. And Ferg looked really good last night, too. Uh, which yeah, should not be understated because he, he played really well. But I think the thing that shocked me in terms of the um, lineups and the rotations, two things. One one guy who played way more than I thought, one guy who played way less. The guy who played way less, the fact that Nader didn't get in until the second half. Because mm-hmm. we were all kind of under this. We, we had kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that <laughs> Billy was going to play play Nader like 35 minutes a game, you know. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't even get on the floor in the first half, especially with Robertson out, you would mm-hmm. think, oh, there, there opens a wing spot. We're definitely getting some Nader time here. And instead, we get the rookie. We get the rookie. Baisley. We get lots of Baisley. We get lots of Hami instead. So, yeah. And, uh, and so I liked that. That was I liked that wrinkle. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> just the fact that Baisley is getting first half minutes in a preseason game I, I think that is pretty indicative of what may be coming this year. I don't think he's going to be on the blue all season. Over Muscala, too. Yeah. You know? Oh, poor Muscala. Didn't even get in until it was garbage time. <laughs> That's true. He played eight minutes last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can talk about Baisley because he, he was impressive in a lot of ways. One... We've never seen him really play against NBA level competition. We've seen him in summer so, league, and it's like okay, like that. He's he's interesting. You see him in the blue and white scrimmage, you're like, oh okay, cool. And like you see him last night against Baba, and you're like, whoa, like this guy can play. Like I think that he belongs on an NBA court. Whether or not he's like how great of a rookie season he'll have, I don't know. But similar to like Sabonis, who we were like, we don't, I, th- I think he can play, maybe not. Even Ferguson, we're like, yeah, I don't know. And you watch him play. Even even Ferguson, I didn't, I didn't buy into the hype all year. They just played him anyways. But with Sabonis, he started day one. Obviously, Baisley's not going to be a starter from day one, but I think he is going to be a guy that's going to play. I'd be a little surprised if we get to the regular season. They're like, yeah, we're going to go with Mike. And they may do that, but... Just from watching him in that game, he's got a skill set and an awareness and a feel for the game that seems to be good enough to get minutes. And you'd think that you would rather spend those minutes developing a guy like Baisley than, you know, giving a minimum contract guy significant minutes. Yeah, and I think the, uh, what you notice in comparing him to someone like Ferg is how much more confident he is driving to the basket. Mm-hmm. Because remember with Ferg, I mean, it's still probably the case when he would get the ball and like start to drive and it would never go anywhere. And Baisley, I I think it was in that first quarter or second quarter when he drove to the basket and then made that pass to the cutting Ferg and Ferg got the huge dunk. He just looks so comfortable out there. Yeah. Um, he, He does not look lost. Like I was expecting the like classic, you know, chicken with his head cut off that people describe when Mm -hmm. a guy's just like flailing all around or like the newborn deer 
Yeah. <laughs> Whatever like metaphors people use for just like the really gangly, awkward guy. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. And so to see a guy who looks completely comfortable and confident in his game was really strange, especially considering he's like 19 and didn't play basketball for or organize basketball for an entire year. Yeah. I mean, the last competition that he had was against high school players. Right. Which is just mind blowing. But he he fits in. Like he did not. You're right. He did not look awkward. It did not look weird. He had a cut like he still has a he's got a lot to figure out. Like he's not he's got a lot of development to do in regards to drives to the basket and what he does once he gets there. And he did some good it was kind of a mixed bag. He did some great things. He had that dish to Ferguson for that monster jam. That was really awesome. He had a couple drives where he's able to finish in the lane with kind of a floater. Um it's kind of awkward. Uh, and then there was a couple times where he just got straight up blocked at the rim just because he'd get there and it would look really good. If you were to just put a uh, highlight compilation of him just dribbling toward the basket, you'd just be like, this dude's awesome. And then once he gets there, you're like, okay, like there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> there's a lot of work to do for him. But once, if he can figure that out, if he can figure out a way to finish uh over a defender or finish through a defender or draw a foul or whatever it is. Like he's got to figure one of those things out. Like he's going to be a really good player and he hit a three last night. I'm, I remain pretty skeptical on his three point shooting, uh, until I see more, but, uh, he played really well last night. And even as a defender, he, he showed some flashes where you're like, Oh, okay. And to, to me, he's, he's a four and, that's that's kind of the the best role for him and as he gets bigger you know over these next few years i think that that will become even more clear and with his size he could even be like a really really interesting like small ball five in like very small situations that won't happen this year but i think down the road as he kind of if as he bulks up because he's not he's skinny he's not crazy skinny you can see him getting bigger uh I think yeah. he could be really interesting in that kind of role. That's what I was thinking about watching him was that his frame, like it kind of reminded me of watching Giannis early in his career where he was like so skinny and so different than he would become like literally three to five years later. And I think we could see a similar thing with Baisley where he just bulks up and becomes like a legit size power forward because even right now, he, he he does look a little skinny, although he was bigger than I thought he was. Um, but he, over these next couple of years, I have a feeling he is just going to be jacked. Yeah. Because he is a really good size. Um, hold on. I'm finishing a tweet. At Al Baby Cake says that Darius Baisley is going to be Giannis. Okay. Send. No! No! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already predicted him for... Uh, most improved player. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, you, you've got to credit Sam on that pick because it came out of nowhere. I mean, the response at the draft party, and you know if you were there, was, who? Who? <laughs> like, who is this? Whenever there were a ton of guys left on the board that you're, like, very excited about. And... Basley's ended up being awesome in in multiple ways. He's hilarious. 
and fun and good at basketball. And, you know, like, I think people are always going to say, I mean, even John Hollinger in one of his first articles that he wrote, he had the thunder in it. And he was talking about Brandon Clark. You know, the thunder could have had Brandon Clark, but they took Baisley instead. And that's going to be a big one because, I mean, at least the way that they've been advertising their season, the Memphis Grizzlies, like Brandon Clark's like a pretty big part of that. And so if Baisley can become this player that you can see, like you can see a, a pathway for him to become a really good player in this league, and there, there's, a, there's a lot to go on in between that. Uh, but if he can, then it, it makes that look a little bit better. And Brandon Clark will be retired by the time uh, Darius Basley gets into his prime. So, I Wow. Mean, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> isn't he Taking like, shots. Isn't he legit like four or five years older? Yeah, he is. I think he's 24. Yeah. I mean, like, he could be as much as five years older than Darius Basley. Yeah. Which is a huge difference. And if the if the Thunder had kept the team together that they had, like I think I would rather have Brandon Clark because I think that he's going to be more ready to contribute um, at a higher level. But with the handle that, that he's got, and if he can develop any sort of spot-up three, uh, I, I think that the Thunder made a great pick. Um, but obviously, this is preseason game one. But still, like... And a lot of people are like, yeah, you can't take a whole lot from that game. But also, our sample size has been so small with him that now, like, the more information that you're gathering, the more that you can be like, okay, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. And honestly, I just don't think we knew. Uh, but uh, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. And, and frankly, you compare him to other guys on the team, like, Deontay Burton, who looked like a lot more lost last night than yeah. Baisley looked. Yeah. Um, so just to see someone who's confident in what they're doing at that young of an age is exciting. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of the game. No doubt. Uh, you know what else is exciting? Uh, food. <laughs> it's the Anatomy no. Wine Club. It's located in oh, the plaza. Yeah, well, kind of. It's wine. They're located in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. The Anatomy Wine Club is a it's a wine bar, and it's really, really awesome. It's owned by the people of Blue Garden so that you know that it's good, and you're going to have a chance to check out the Anatomy Wine Club on Thursday night this week. So we have, I have seen a... Uh, a cloud with a lightning bolt on it on my weather app all week. And I've been very disappointed because we were going to have our event at Blue Garden, which is outside, and that's not going to happen now. But because the the owners of Blue Garden also own the Anatomy Wine Club, uh, we are going to have it there, and it's going to be really fun. So space is pretty limited. So if you want to come to our End of a Thunder Era trivia night, please message me um, either on Twitter or you can email me dtdpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know you're going to be there. Teams of up to four people. Uh, it's going to be really fun. I've got a prize pack uh, from some of our sponsors uh, ready to go. So if you could, please let me know that you'll be there. It's going to be fun. Make sure that you wear the Thunder shirts from the back of your closet, ones that you will never wear in public again that you feel shameful that you even own, 
but you're you have them anyways because you can't give them away or you can't throw them away or whatever. I've got them and I'm I'm gonna be wearing something something really horrible Thursday night. So be there. It's gonna be a fun time. It's a free trivia night. There's no charge. Come and enjoy uh, some drinks at the Anatomy Wine Club and uh, try to win a, a pretty awesome prize uh, from our sponsor. So. Uh, support the people that support Down to Dunk and come check out the Anatomy Wine Club on Thursday. Andrew's going to be wearing something really offensive. His most offensive Thunder shirt that he can find. It's going to be offensive. I think. I think I've got. I've got a hat. I've got a shirt. It's going to be gross. It's going to be really bad. Uh, okay. Anything else from the game that, that stuck well, we out didn't to even, you? We haven't even said our new leader's name. I know. SGA. I know, dude. This is, I mean, this is like the SGA portion of the pod here. Because, I mean, I, it's, you know, sometimes you like joke about like NBA smart guys and how good they are. And you, you feel really smart saying that, oh, the future of Shea Gildas Alexander is just, just sky high. And, I kind of felt that way throughout the summer, like, oh, he's going to be really good, and I watched, you know, some some highlights and some some film on him. You're like, oh, like he's going to be really good, and then you watch him last night, and you're like, okay, like all of that's justified <laughs> at this point. Like he was he was super good as a scorer. He was seven of twelve from the field, twenty four points, four boards, and an assist, six of seven from the free throw line, four of eight from three. Uh. He was impressive just as a scorer alone. Yeah, he was. And he has uh, – He rem- oh, man, you're going to get me for this one too. He reminds me of Kevin Durant in the sense <laughs> that, that they're not like flashy scores. Yeah. Like he, he put up that 24 points really like efficiently and quietly. Yeah. yeah. I mean a lot of those were like – you know, he had a couple standstill threes. He had a couple nice drives to the basket. Um, but he is certainly not flashy in the way that, you know, Westbrook is, for instance, it's, it's a totally, totally different type of game. Um, but it was, it was really fun to watch. I mean, another guy who just looks like totally in control of him right now. Um, and that goes for like that starting lineup, man, that, that was one of my takeaways from last night. That starting lineup has so many smart, efficient basketball players mm-hmm. like they're going to be beloved on dunked on. Oh, if, if they can, if they can actually get rolling a little bit, because I have a feeling they're going to put up pretty impressive efficiency numbers. Yeah. And they were from five different countries last night. Cliff Brunt brought. That oh, up. wow. Chris Paul, United States, dinner shooter, Germany. Stephen Adams, Kiwi, Gallinari, Italy, Gilles Alexander, Canadian. Well, they do call it the uh, Will Rogers International Airport. <laughs> it's for good reason. Yeah. That is kind of a, a cool fun fact, though. And it makes cool me really fact. glad that they started Schroeder because of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that reason alone. But yeah, I mean, Shea... And he scored him in multiple ways. He scored in ways that... I mean, sometimes guys have big nights. Like... A guy like, uh, like, uh, like Deontay Burton or Ferguson or Nader or somebody like that, like they're gonna have big nights. Even Baisley may have a big night. Hami may have a big night, and you're like, oh, that was awesome. That's a, that's great. And it's probably not something that they can do on a regular basis. But when you watch Shea last night, 
and he may not he I don't believe he'll average 24 points per game uh, just because I don't know that he'll have the same opportunities that he did last night because I think Chris Paul is going to play more than 17 minutes I think Gallinari is as well but you watch him play and you're like I think he can like this is him like he can do this and it was a lot of crafty getting to the basket it was some relocating for some really good threes I mean, I just I don't I don't want didn't watch him play last night and be like I don't know how sustainable this is. Like I think that this is kind of who he is, and he has the swagger of a guy that is going to do this on a regular basis. And you know, it makes that Paul George trade look even crazier at this point. You know, because I think that we were excited about Shea, and you know, knew that he was good and he's you know a positive impact player as a rookie, which is really rare. Like that's awesome. You know, I think there were a lot of questions like, is he a point guard and does he have it in him to score, you know, night in, night out? And there was a lot of people saying like, yeah, that's not really his personality. It's not really him. And then you see him play even the the blue and white game and you see him play last night. And you're like, oh, like he legitimately could be a go to score. And I, I didn't really expect to see that this quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I have definitely recalibrated my thoughts about how many points he could score per night. I mean, I think maybe 24 is too high, but I, I don't know. 20 seems like we're going to be playing 32 to 35 minutes a night. Um, I, I think he can do it. He's just going to make the most use of his time on the court. He's going to be super efficient. And it's and yes, there are guys like CP3 and, and Gallo, but... Even those guys aren't super high volume scorers, so there's going to be shots for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, and I so, think that they under like I think that they understand like the position that Shea's in as well, and want to help him. Like Gallinari is not a selfish like throw me the ball kind of guy. He took seven shots in his 17 minutes and was crazy efficient and, and very helpful as an offensive player last night. Um, but I, I think that, that Shea is a guy that they need to give the ball to. And I think it's in the best interest of the franchise to do that. And whether or not they win games this year, I mean, I don't think that it matters all that much. And I think that they this team is going to win games. Like I just I just think that they will. They they have a depth to them. They have that starting five. I think that Nerlens is a player you can count on. I think Ferguson's a player that you can count on. Uh, I think if Dre can play at all, he's a guy that you can count on. And I expect him to play. I don't think that you say, I'm a full go, and then just don't play at all. I don't uh, I don't think that's going to be <laughs> that's the That's what case. he just did, Andrew. He just did that. I know. But I mean, I mean, like going forward, like doesn't play this season. Like I think he's going to play. Uh, and then like you have this mixed bag of guys. And I think... I think Baisley's a part of it, like Hami, Baisley, Nader, Burton, Mascala, that group where it's like, nah, I don't know. Like, I think that those guys, I don't think there's going to be consistent minutes for any of those guys, including Mascala. Like, I just don't think there's going to be, okay, I think it's going to be matchup based. I think it's going to be development based. And there will be guys that look like they have the the lead in the rotation and they'll probably fall back. I think that Billy probably feels like he has like a lot of leash with all those guys to just play them as he sees as he sees fit as the season goes on but you know like they've got some some decent depth uh and they've got guys that just know how to play and you know alexander can i call him alexander i don't think that's the right thing to call him sga 
<laughs> being a guy that can be a go-to score is it's a revelation because I was looking you look at the roster and you're like who's who can do this like who could carry this team and you know like Gallinari is probably the guy that I'm like okay it can probably be him but that's not really been him throughout the course of his career you know he took like 13 shots a game against or with the Clippers last year and scored at an incredibly efficient rate but he's still a guy that you'd rather have you know, on the wing that when you dish it to him, he can either take a three or create off of that. Uh, and having a guy like Shea that could do that is amazing. And Chris Paul can be that guy too. Like, let's not let's not act like, you know, Chris is just going to fade into the background. Chris Paul played 17 minutes last night. He's going to play probably double that um, in the regular season. And he took four shots. I mean, Chris Paul is going to take more than four shots in a game. And there's just there's just no doubt about that. Uh, they were really trying to spread the ball around quite a bit. I mean, you look at the box score, and Shea was the only player in, with double-digit field goal attempts last night, which is uh, it's just interesting to see that, where you have lots of guys taking lots of different shots. Um, even, yeah. even Dort making a three. Yeah, your guy. <laughs> Four minutes. It was It was... No, the nice thing, though, about... You know, getting the chance to see Shea grow into that bigger role offensively is that the big star we brought in really isn't going to take away a lot. If anything, Chris Paul is going to help him become a better offensive player by setting him up really well. Um, you know, this is so different from like bringing in Carmelo or or even like bringing in Westbrook. You know, yeah. or someone who's going to really dominate the offense when they're on the court. Chris Paul is just so good as the like prototypical floor general and setting guys up. So I, I, I don't even like mind Chris Paul at all. I don't know how you could watch last night's game and be bothered at all by Chris Paul. It's like, yeah, oh, it's fine. And he, def- and he defends well and he's engaged on that end. Uh, it, he's, I think that people are going to really like him and I think that he's going to help these younger guys develop. And I think he's, He's pushing Shea a lot. And, you know, like, if Russell Westbrook was on this team, too, like, I think that he would push Shea as well. So, like, I'm not... I physically. Feel like physically, like, he'd push him down on the ground and yell at him. That's what would happen. <laughs> no, I think it's it's just... There's going to be this weird awkwardness throughout this season where, like, you compliment Chris Paul, and it's, at the same time, it's this double-edged sword where you're also... Uh, Try, like killing Westbrook and it's like no like like Russ was really great with Ferguson last year I think that Ferg maybe doesn't have the season that he did last year had Russ not taken him under his wing and really helped him you know mentally with the game uh, because Ferg was in a bad bad place to start the season and was horrific to start the season and ended up turning it around and having a really good second season and maybe that doesn't happen without Russell uh, but I do think that Chris Paul is in a position to do similar things where I think that he knows where he's at in his career I think that he knows that the the value that he can add to this team is help kind of orchestrate the offense score when needed you know defend at a high level and really help these young guys develop and become players uh, become the players that they know that they can be and I think that that's, I think that teams can look at that and say, okay, like we want that guy. Like we know that he costs a lot of money, but 
that guy can help our team in a lot of areas. Yeah, I mean, if I, I mean, you have to be more excited for the season after watching that game, right, Andrew? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you do. I do have to mention this again, which I don't really want to mention it, but that that Dallas team was bad, dude. That Dallas team was really, really bad. I mean, Justin Jackson was one of the the, the highest scores on their team, and Justin Jackson's just not very good. Like, he's just not a very good player. Um. So I mean the 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 opponent was not great, uh, but still I mean even last year when the opponent wasn't great when they played that Memphis team uh, in Memphis I believe, and they just barely beat them when they I don't it was probably a, a team that was pretty similar to this, and Russell had to like bring them back after Russell had put a massive hole in the ship and then he had to patch it up and get him back together and made some shots down the stretch and won the game. It's probably similar to that. And it's just good to see effort from them throughout the game. Uh, whereas I just don't, the thunder didn't show that last year. That was not a part of their DNA was like showing effort despite who the opponent is. And, and I know it's a preseason game, but you know, last year was so frustrating in so many ways that like even seeing that is like, okay, like that's encouraging <laughs> just to see some effort, like proper effort uh, right. against a team like that. Yeah. The uh, Mavs play again tonight. They, I, I was reading a Mavs blog and they scheduled their own preseason and they scheduled a back to back. Why? Why? I don't know. And they're flying to Detroit. So and and that I think Porzingis is supposed to play, and I guess Luca would play in Detroit. I would hope, but, but like, why not do it the first game? It was on ESPN. I know it's so stupid. And even like before the game, Carlisle wouldn't like commit to Luca being in or out, mm-hmm. which I thought that was the whole thing that the NBA is trying to prevent by moving up the time where you have to reveal who's actually playing tonight. Yeah, but Carlisle does Whatever. not care about that. He does not care about that at all. Well, he doesn't care about winning either, Andrew, because now his team's 0-1 out of the playoff <laughs> picture. Outside looking in. I would have really liked to see them play against Porzingis in particular. Like, I want to see Luca play, but I want to see what guys like Shea and Steven and those guys looked like around the basket with a guy like Porzingis there, you know, waiting for them, you know? Right, yeah. Because... Maxi Kleba is is a is this NBA smart guy, no doubt, but he's he's not a guy that's known as a uh, great rim protector, and so in, they Thunder got to do a lot of things last night because of the personnel that was on the floor, and so I I'm interested to see what this team looks like when they play a, a team that actually has a guy that can defend the paint, uh, and how you know how does Shea adjust to that. You know, how is Steven adjusting to that? Uh, how, does this, how different does this team look? Uh, because I think that the, the Mavs made it pretty easy on them in a lot of ways just because they just didn't have good personnel on the floor. And so I'm just interested to see what this team looks like and what guys like Shea do when they meet adversity. You know, you get your shot blocked twice, you know, in the first two possessions. Like, what do you do? Like, then what do you do? Because, like, that's where the stars, like, just don't care. Like, Russ, it didn't matter how many times he got blocked. Like, he, he he's coming at you the next time. You know, same with James Harden. Like, it does, those things, it doesn't phase them. But the, not every player is like that. Not every player can do that. 
And so I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Yeah. The, I didn't realize till right now that Maxi was their, uh, center. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. Like they didn't even play Dwight Powell. He's injured apparently. Okay. With a hammy. He's got a ha- <laughs> He's got a hammy. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you, 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 there's a, a lot of excitement, but then there's a lot of like, okay, they played a guy named Baba who I didn't know, did not know existed Baba. until last like night. Baba. So, uh, Jeff and Gundy also a big Baba fan. Hey, I thought the jerseys looked good. They do look good. Like they, they legitimately look good, and I didn't think they would. I just thought anything that says Oklahoma City on them won't look good, and I was wrong about that. Yeah, I, and you know what I think it is? I think it's the outline around the letters. It is. That's yeah. what made all the difference in the world. It just makes it it makes it makes pop a little bit more. Yeah, the black that they had around, even the white jerseys, is just, it It didn't look good. And I didn't know, I didn't even know that that was the reason it didn't look good. Uh, but I like them. I like them a lot. I like, I mean, I never thought I would say that about like this particular jersey design, that it would look good, but... Really, you just remove that and like the outline that's on the outside of the jersey and on the lettering. It's like, oh, like that actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Uh, so, you know, I you know, tip, tip my hat to the, to the Thunder organization for that because I just did not believe that these jerseys would ever really look good. Are any of your sons into the Thunder? Uh, my oldest son was watching last night. Yeah, I, I'm trying. Do you have any favorites? I'm trying to teach him the new Steve guys. Adams guy. I mean, yeah, he loves Adams. He's a he's an easy guy, easy guy to love. Uh, but we're we're working on it. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not trying to force anything. I want this to happen naturally. I want him to gravitate toward whoever he gravitates to, and then we'll go all in on that particular player. And then they will probably be traded in February. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what if he comes home one day with uh, cargo capris, a thunder shirt, a flag? He says, "Dad, I'm I'm a storm chaser oh, from man. birth. From birth, Dad." You know, sometimes you you need some space from your children. You know, <laughs> you got to send them off to camp. You have to send them off, and they have to live in the wild. You know, <laughs> sometimes that happens. Sometimes sometimes that's the best thing. Um, you know what was not the best thing is Daryl Morey's tweet. Man, so we're we're coming up on a week since this story started, which it's so interesting that that tweet was on Friday night and it didn't really blow up until Sunday. And it was, I think, one of the biggest stories in recent NBA history. Um, yeah. Maybe the biggest when you when you take into the potential financial implications, because you, you were saying before, before we started recording that uh, China had more people watch the NBA finals than there are people in the U S which I thought was ridiculous. And then I went online and I found some stat that like in the 2017 finals, they had 200 million viewers just on mobile alone. Yeah. So even I didn't really understand how big the NBA was in China. Um, but yeah, this is this is a massive deal, and and to as a prelude, me and Andrew aren't going to get into the political question around Hong Kong and China because we don't know a lot, mm-hmm. and and you guys don't want to hear us uh, try to make sense of this. I mean, I will generally say I'm on the side 
that's interested in democracy. Yeah. But I don't I don't know a ton about the situation. Even after reading a bunch of, you know, explainer articles, I'm not going to be able to give any in-depth opinion on that. But from the NBA side, like this is I, I just can't get over it. The fact that it started with a single tweet, the fact that it was Daryl Morey, the fact that it was Tillman Fertitta. I mean, honestly, I thought the big story Sunday night was going to be the fact that Tillman Fertitta came out and publicly rebuked his GM. And that I seems know. like so long ago. Like, who even cares about that anymore? Yeah, nobody cares about that anymore. Because, I mean, and the fact is that Daryl Morey's right. Like he's correct. Like he's he's on the right side of history when it comes to his tweet. Uh, you want to be on the side of democracy. You want to be on the side of of people. Um, but like you also have to know like who you're dealing with. And when you when you're doing that much business with a country like that. Like you just have to know, like you have to know like where the line is and that sucks. Like that sucks because you want to be able to speak out against stuff like this. But at the same time, China will just pull all coverage. Like they they don't have Twitter there. Like they don't have it. And so they'll pull it and they won't let it, they won't let it happen. And that is, it's something that has such massive implications and Daryl, I mean, Daryl d- deleted the tweet, man. He deleted it. He deleted the tweet. It shows that, and it and it it is almost it's so harmful because he thought he was doing something that was helpful at the beginning, probably standing up for the people of Hong Kong and democracy. Great, but tweeting it and then deleting it and then having all these weird apologies that come from the NBA and that come from him. It makes it look so bad. Like it made the situation so much worse. It is not helpful. It was not helpful yeah, and, at all. And I'll give the NBA credit because I think their initial response was rightly uh, kind of panned by everyone on Twitter. It was like, well, this is the thing that you're like not going to let your employees talk about. Yeah. Uh, like this is where you're going to draw the line just because of the obvious money implications. But in subsequent days, I feel like Adam Silver did a pretty good job of drawing a line and saying, we're not going to like suspend Daryl Morey. We're not going to punish him anyway. He is allowed to do this. Yeah. Um, We understand that it upset you and we hope that we can come to some understanding between each other, but we are not going to like apologize to the country of China Mm -hmm. and say that, you know, Hong Kong is part of China. Absolutely. And this is the NBA's stance like that. That would be crazy. And it sounds like that's what China wants. Oh, like yeah. they want a formal stance by a sports league on a political issue. Yeah. And then you have all the stuff with the Nets owner. Right. And it's awkward. And he's got all the he's got a history lesson for you where he leaves out a lot of details that might be helpful as well. <laughs> In all of this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a, it is such a mess and and, and it is such a big deal. Yeah. With the Nets, I saw someone tweet this afterwards and it was like, oh yeah, of course. Like he's obviously trying to set up the Nets to be the the next Chinese, like China's favorite team. Hey, I mean, the amount of money that the Rockets make just because they're affiliated with China is massive. I mean, the, 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 
the jerseys that have the Chinese lettering on them, you know, from last year. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, maybe I, maybe the Nets do have a massive opportunity, and that's I mean that's what this is is like who's going to play the game, like who's going to play the game and and say the right things and and do everything to appease China. And the NBA is not the only. There's tons of businesses worldwide that are doing this and that are you know playing right into their hands just because there is a massive amount of people, which means there's a massive amount of money coming from China. And uh, I, I can't get over that it's Tillman because there's these conspiracy theories out there. I'm sure you've seen them that, oh, that Maury did this on purpose because he's been wanting to get out of Houston. He's been waiting for an opportunity to screw Tillman as I much as he that. can, which is hilarious and and probably not true. But on the other hand, if you were trying to screw Tillman, like this would be the way to do it because <laughs> his his investment – I mean, his investment in the Houston Rockets was at least in some part, I don't know what the percentage was, but in some part based on the fact that they had this relationship with China. I mean, every franchise has like their own little perks. You know, like if you bought the Thunder, one of, I think one of the perks of buying the Thunder is that the Oklahoma City uh, population is going to uh, give you whatever stadium upgrades you need for the rest of your life. Like we're on maps five now or something. Like I'm, I'm still waiting for the time when OKC like votes down a some kind of like improvement bill in Oklahoma City, and so I think that's actually a benefit of like a perk of buying the Oklahoma City Thunder. Whereas with the Houston Rockets, like one of the main perks is that you are the franchise that has the most clear pipeline to China, yeah, and building your brand that way and making revenue that way. I mean, James Harden is huge in China, mm-hmm. and before him, it, it was you know. Uh, when I think of like the biggest players in China, I think Kobe, Yao Ming, T Mac, and Harden. Yeah, like I'm tr- I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I guess uh, Stephon Marbury. I should include him, right? <laughs> St- Steve Francis. I mean, like it's yeah. Seriously, it's Rockets. Yeah, it's Rockets. And and so just to to hit Tillman's bottom line that dramatically with <laughs> a single tweet, <laughs> it really is. It, it's just incredible. I just I can't get over it and I can't imagine how peeved Tillman Fertitta is right now because you can tell by the way he talks that he does not care one bit about like having a pro human rights stance in any way. Like everything about this guy is all business, all bottom line, all the time. Yeah, man. And so to hit a guy like that so completely is that's the part of it that I'm enjoying. I know, I know. It's this is a huge mess that is just not it's not going to go away anytime soon. And it it has I it has real ramifications for the future of the league. If if the thunder or the thunder if the NBA and China can't figure this out and they do something crazy, it has real ramifications on how much players get paid, how much Teams can pay players. What the salary cap looks like. How you? Oh I mean, how gosh. everything functions. Can you change. imagine if, like, and of course, I have no idea to guess how much this could impact the salary cap. But you would think it would have a a, a decent hit. Like, even if it was like five percent of the salary cap, 
it's how much got how many more than that but yeah I know, I know but like that would that would be like minimum like honestly in my head i was thinking like at least 10 percent. yeah it, w- it would if they really like cut it off completely yeah and if and if it be basically became taboo in china to even wear an nba jersey yeah which <laughs> did you see that story about the guy in china yeah man it's messed <laughs> up there's this it is yeah. it is completely it's messed terrifying. up like you're, you're dealing with like you're dealing with a lot of craziness and it's, it is, it is very serious. Like this is very, very serious. And that's why like even Luke text the, the downtown text group that we shouldn't talk about this on the show. Like this is a, like, he's like, it's too touchy of a subject, which, which is one, a hilarious thing for Luke to say. Uh, <laughs> and two, I, this is too big of a deal not to discuss because this is going to be an ongoing thing probably for a little while. I hope it's not. I hope they can figure it out and that everything's fine and that everybody can just watch basketball again. Like that's, I think that's ideal. Uh, but I, I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to be that simple. Uh, and it, the, the impact that it could have on the future of the league, especially for a team that's rebuilding like the thunder, you know, it, it could change the game for them in regards to team building. And so it's something to watch. It's something to keep your eye on. And it's something that, we're going to have to talk about on the show because it's it impacts the NBA tremendously. This isn't just like a scandal between like Daryl Morey and somebody else. Like now it's between the league and a a country, one of the most powerful countries in the world. Like it's a it's a big deal and it's it could impact lives. It could impact a lot of lives. Um and it's it's scary and it's it's crazy that just one tweet like that could send this whole thing into a tailspin. Uh, but there, you know, there are reasons, you know, there it's, it, there are guys that have so much power and a guy like Daryl Morey, who has such a loud voice that one, you have to just be so careful. Like you have to be careful. Like if I were, I mean, I would probably be like Sam Presti where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have a, uh, I'm going to have a burner account and that's it, you know, and I'm not going to tweet. Uh, because the the chances of you making a mistake like this, like it's it, would, it will probably happen. Now, is it going to happen on this level? Like probably not. I would have never ever imagined that it could be at this level. But when you're a person that so many people know, that's that important to this league, that makes you know billions of dollars every year. I mean, it's it's impactful. Like you're impactful, and you have to know that you know, one thing that you can say can change a lot of things. And on the other hand, like I'm actually, I'm glad it happened. You know, I, because I have a feeling this was going to happen eventually. I mean, the, the situation in Hong Kong doesn't seem like it's dying down anytime soon. And eventually there was going to be some player. It, it would mostly likely have been a player who would have just tweeted out something or said something to the media. And maybe that would have been able to be brushed under easier because it is just a player. Um, but, but I do think this was probably an inevitability. And so I'm, I'm kind of glad it's out in the open and we're actually getting to see what happens. I mean, we're seeing this happen right now with Blizzard, the, the video game publisher who publishes Hearthstone, which is a very popular card game, Andrew. Okay. Uh, but, but they had, they took a a similar, like lukewarm stance, similar to what the NBA did initially. And now they have all these U S players wanting to boycott Hearthstone. Hmm. Because it's like, why are you guys kowtowing to China? Like, no, don't do it. 
Like we'll, we'll support you. Like we're here for you. And, and so it's, it's crazy that Daryl Morey is the guy who's got me feeling like super patriotic right now, but he does. Cause <laughs> know. It, it really does put things in perspective. Like I, I could say whatever I want about like the NBA or, or, you know what I was trying to think? I was trying to think of what would be the thing that another country like general manager would say about the United States that would actually get me upset. And it's like, there's nothing. Yeah. Why would I care about some like, like even if I was like really into soccer and watching the premier league and like one of their owners said something disparaging about the U S I'd be like, who cares? Like whatever, like I'll get over it. Like I was trying to think if there was anything like any topic that would actually get me fired up. And I don't think there would be. And it's, and it's nice to live in a country where you don't feel pressured to have an opinion like yeah. that because that that guy with who's wearing his James Harden jersey <laughs> basically was saying like I love my team I'm 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 going with them to till the end like try to catch me and then they catch me and who knows what happened <laughs> to that poor guy I know and he was also burning a chinese flag but yeah like that guy is obviously a huge NBA fan and imagine like getting your favorite thing taken away mm-hmm. because your country is telling you what to believe about something or, or at least just like telling you what opinion to have. I mean, maybe that guy really does have a strong opinion about China, Hong Kong, but he still likes the NBA and he's like, ah, I'll let this one slide. Yeah. I really like the NBA <laughs> and it was just one GM and who really cares? Like, can, can I just watch the Rockets? Yeah, it's, her- so it's, it's just, horrific. It's horrific. It is. And, you know, it, it does make you thankful to, to live in the United States and to not have to deal with that on a daily basis because I mean you can you go tweet whatever you want and you're there's not going to be police officers at your door and right and it was amazing to see in the days after like <coughs> Democrats and Republicans from the Senate from the House presidential yeah. candidates all coming out with the exact same opinion yeah like I, I saw no one saying like oh, actually China's got a point on this right <laughs> like everyone was united in that fact and I think that's the reason why the NBA eventually had to reverse course a little bit yeah. and take take a little bit of a firmer stance because they were like, oh, wow, no one in the U.S. is really on our side right now. Like we got we kind of get, get more aligned. Not on the other hand, like if they did like kowtow to China and put out an apology, like they would get blasted by everyone. But it's not like any U.S. people would actually boycott them. You know, like I, I don't think any of us would actually stop watching basketball. No. So it definitely is not the safest decision what they're doing, which is drawing the sand in the line and basically saying, like, this is the way it's going to be. You guys just kind of got to get used to it and get over it. Mm-hmm. Like occasionally people are going to say stuff that you don't like. That doesn't necessarily represent our views, but we are going to allow them to say it and we're not going to punish them or find them in any way. Yeah, no, I think I, I it's it's a bold stance. I think it's the right thing to do. What the ramifications are, I I don't know. And I think it's something that we'll have to continue to watch for. Uh, okay. Uh, make sure that you guys, if you're coming Thursday night, let me know. Uh, we are going to try to... The space is more limited um, at Anatomy, so... Come here, buddy. Um, space is more limited there. And so, um, if you please let us know that you'll be there, that would uh, we'd appreciate that a lot. Um, it's it's in the Plaza District. Just look it up, Anatomy Wine Club. Uh, oh my goodness, my son is pulling my microphone away from me. Um, okay, 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, exciting beginning of the season. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. There's a preseason game on Thursday as well. Um, so we'll have lots to talk about. No, no. You guys have a great day.